watching Rashkin Report. This is Yuri Rashkin, and I'm excited to welcome to our program today someone who has been actually a guest of the program in the past and, and a person who needs no introduction in Russian, but in English, I am glad to say a couple of nice words about my guest who has uh, actually worked closely with Bill Browder, which I think is very important who is the person that we know for Magnitsky Act and is one of the most fiercest uh, critics of Vladimir Putin. And uh, Slava is a hedge fund manager in Russia, which makes sense for somebody who would work with Bill Browder. And um, I'm very excited to welcome him back to the program. Let's discuss. Um, Slava, we have seen uh, an incredible um, investigation come out about Alexei Navalny and attempt uh, on his life. Um, I, I was personally just amazed by CNN reporter who walked in and uh, knocked on the door of the leader of this crew and said, are, are you the person involved with, with the murder or attempted murder? Uh, just incredible journalism. But how is this being seen in Russia? And how um, do you think that who is this intended for? Who could be the audience for this kind of investigation? Um Hi, Yuri. Thank you for inviting me. Um, the last time I checked uh, on YouTube, this 50-plus uh, um, minute uh, video from Alexei Navalny, uh, which is based on uh, the uh, investigation of the consortium of Bellingcat, um, uh, Spiegel, and CNN, and the, and the uh, Russian media uh, outlet Insider. Um, and then at later stages of this investigation, um, Navalny's uh, um, anti-corruption fund uh, joined forces as well. So the last time I checked, it had uh, uh, about eight and a half million uh, views uh, in about 48 hours. Uh, and... Uh, uh, if if we check right now, it's probably over 10 million by now. And this is only um, those who actually uh, watched the video. Um, uh, some people whom I know, uh, uh, they read really fast and, and, and they prefer not to watch videos, but they, they, they scroll down a huge um, investigation uh, report on Navalny's um, uh, website and his blog, uh, which is mind-boggling in, in terms of detail and um, uh, credibility. So we not even counting um, in terms of views of this of this video. We're not even counting those uh, numerous people who just read this report. Um, it really doesn't matter that out of you know 146 million people in Russia, um, you know 100 and 30 million or whatever uh, don't know about it. it what, what matters, obviously, is the knowledge on, on, um, of, of most active uh, people and, and those who actually make the difference in um, many aspects of, of life in Russia, including politics, including um, uh, potential um, uh, uh, demonstrations and and uh, um, those people who um, not only necessarily ready to go into the streets, but those who um, live and work and and are 
middle class or upper middle class and those who understand everything for a long time and have been um, in, in, in the loop, or those who, um, who came to a lot of understanding what's going on if they haven't been in the loop before. So now this uh, span is wider and wider, and that's what it was important. It, it actually goes into the into more and more layers of of most active people in Russia. You you cannot you 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 also it's it's important that that uh, the Putin's regime is uh, supported by what is called in Russia systemic liberals or system liberals or something like that, um, those who are allowed to work and live within this uh, regime, who um, are known as quote-unquote liberal um, economists or liberal politicians or whoever, the head of the central bank, um, the um, finance minister, um, then um, one or two people in the presidential administration, then maybe um, uh, by now the uh, the former head um, of uh, uh, high-tech uh, government-sponsored organization um, uh, and former former reformer in, in the Yeltsin's government, who was the architect of privatization, Anatoly Chubais. Um, uh, maybe um, the head of the Russian largest state-owned banks, Bear Bank, who also used to be uh, a reformer uh, in the past in the government, uh, they also come to realization by now, documentally pr proven, that they are working for a murderer, for, for a mass murderer, for a criminal, uh, very, very dangerous uh, criminal who, who is a, who is a murderer and um, um, so in various layers in various bits and you know spots of, of the Russian society more and more people come to realization um, that that uh, there is no prison it's just a, a bandit a, a criminal a murderer um, who um, uh, sees the power and 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 uh, doesn't doesn't give it up and won't give it up because he there is no way out for him. But at the same time, they know that they can't get out, and they know that this is this is the the way you know. I mean, that's the they try to make something of themselves in Russia. I guess they couldn't do it anywhere else. They rose to some prominence, and now it comes out that their boss is involved in some really bad things. Um, what do you do then? You can't get out of this, you know, you can't quit Sopranos. Um, well, the, okay, the, the, their bosses are, are, are involved in, in, in murders. They themselves are involved in, in lots of different, different uh, criminal stuff, in, in, including th major theft of money from from the Russian budget, uh, uh, really um, astronomical theft from the state-owned companies that they now had. Uh, so they are um, they are tainted 
by Putin and his close circle. So there, there, there are no people within this systemic liberal camp who are not tainted. And they cannot get out not only because they fear for their lives uh, because of this Novichok uh, situation that they can get killed or sent to prison uh, like uh, a former um, uh, minister of economic development. Uh, But they also know that there are so many files in the uh, uh, FSB and in the uh, Russian uh, security service, which is a successor to the KGB. Uh, There are so many files on each of them. There are so many telephone conversations taped. And there is so much stuff on them that they cannot get out either. So they have no way out too, regardless of of what they understand. So how does this jar of scorpions affect the business climate in Russia? You know, how does this situation help uh, business development from your point of view? Well, I, I know uh, uh, a few people from the Russian Forbes list, and top 100, top 20, top 10, you name it. Um, not all of them, obviously, but I, I know a few. Uh, not only them personally, but also personally, uh, you know, many top managers, many executives from their organizations, they've been telling me that... Um, Six, seven years ago, they gradually stopped being involved in, well, in the past, you know, seven years and before that, seven years ago and before that, they were willing and dealing. They were in constant negotiations and meeting rooms, uh, discussing all sorts of transactions, including mergers and acquisitions, and all of that was based on you know, pretty uh, more or less market uh, terms with uh, Rush, other Russian business people and investors and with international investors. And all of that, you know, just M&A deals, uh, private equity deals, financing on international capital markets, IPOs. This was the name of the game on the in the Russian equivalent of, the, of Wall Street or uh, city of London, but uh, not anymore. They're telling me that now they only discuss two things, uh, how much they need to uh, bring in cash to a certain address in a suitcase um, each quarter or each month. And uh, uh, if they wanted to sell, it's no longer a market type of mergers and acquisitions or exit or whatever. It's just the negotiation with Putin's uh, bureaucrats on uh, uh, to which state-owned company this company will be sold, how much they, they will get, and how much out of that amount they will need to return back in the form of cash to the uh, bureaucrats. So all the acquisitions uh, are being done by the by the government. It's not uh, well. It's not the government. There is no government. There is no state. And there are no government corporations. They they are 
just named that 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 definition, but they're not. Um, the, these government corporations have um, majority state-owned ownership, but th there is no state. State has been dismantled. There are no. Uh, it, it's not a. It's not even division of power. Uh, we're talking about that there are independent branches of power, right? But th there are no branches of power at all. There is no uh, legal system. There is no parliament, and there is no executive branch. Uh, this is just a bunch of criminals. Um, and uh, uh, whatever you call a state, this quote-unquote state, which is dismantled, owns majority stakes in major Russian companies, but it means nothing. In, in a Norwegian type of, of situation, that means that every Norwegian citizen owns pro rata uh, these companies because they're, they, they are uh, state-owned. In Russia, Russian citizens do not own pro rata anything. Uh, all these cash flows from these companies have been stolen to the maximum extent where they can be stolen. And these stolen cash flows become private in the hands of these criminals who uh, seize the power and don't give it up uh, illegally. And, and, and that, that's the way it works. Slava, some people would express concern that now that there's going to be a new administration in the White House, that this is going to be an administration that's going to be friendly to uh, Vladimir Putin because Trump was really the one who was really hard on Putin, and now it's going to be bad. Um, wh what are your thoughts? How do you see this from, from Russia? I'm surprised to hear the view that Trump was really hard on Putin. You know, I, I only saw from Trump only good words uh, about Putin for the uh, last four years. Not a single bad word, all the good words. Putin is great, we, we can get along, um, uh, Putin is a good guy, uh, uh, and all of that stuff. And that's what Trump has been saying. He was just a, Putin's lapdog all, all of his term, uh, entire term, and, and I don't know why. Uh, I can only guess that there is some major um, uh, compromising material on, on Trump that Putin has, uh, and uh, this is the only major reason that I can guess of. Um, I, I see no others. Um, and uh, um, another, and maybe we'll find out, by the way. Um, I, I, I can't wait to uh, uh, see the progression of the investigation uh, connected to Deutsche Bank, for example, uh, how much money Trump uh, got in loans from Deutsche Bank, and I would like to see um, which capital um, was used, because it's not Deutsche, Deutsche Bank capital, right? Um, uh, the, the other side of the transaction uh, in, in some major form, perhaps, is the Russian money. We would like to, to know about it, and probably we will uh, sooner or later. Maybe now with Trump out, Trump being out, we'll know that uh, sooner uh, rather than later. Um, Trump also, as far as I understand, uh, violated the the American law 
on the uh, on the uh, uh, it, it was, I believe, uh, um, uh, adopted in 1991, uh, based on the uh, on on the uh, use of chemical of uh, uh, banned chemical weapons in in Syria, if I remember correctly, and and that since 1991, there there is a law. In, in the U.S., it's American law uh, that uh, U.S. must um, uh, put forward sanctions against those states and those individuals uh, who um, 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 do research and development, um, production, storage, and uh, um, and actual use of uh, internationally banned chemical weapons. Russia used uh, chemical weapons on the Skripal's fa family in uh, Salisbury in the United Kingdom, and they were international sanctions after this uh, uh, crime uh, uh, was actually investigated by um, UK uh, uh, authorities and by the a consortium of uh, international uh, investigators, including the uh, the organization for prohibition of the chemical weapons, and Russia faced consequences already, but Russia has never seen the full application of the U.S. law to this effect, and I believe Trump is in violation uh, uh, of the law for not applying this law in, in, uh, to, to the full extent. I believe the law contains uh, two stages and only uh, first stage was uh, applied um, in, uh, in, in, in full, where basically the US demand, must demand on, on a, a party which violated to provide um, a full explanation of what happened um, and then open itself to the investigation and uh, uh, then to the, uh, uh, to the uh, cleaning up of, of what's uh, presumably is going on within the country, which uh, must not have chemical weapons. And after this certain deadline, if I remember correctly, something like three months or six months, the second stage must kick in, according to the law, um, with international sanctions, and has not progressed to that, to, to the full extent. I would be extremely surprised if uh, um, Biden's administration will not revisit the previous violation um, manifested in, in the Salisbury attack. They probably will revisit and review how the Trump administration uh, did or did not follow its own law. And uh, uh, obviously with the attempt on Alexei Navalny's life uh, via uh, the same mechanism, essentially, via the use of internationally banned chemical weapons, I, I think that uh, Biden will have no other choice as to uh, 
actually again follow this uh, U.S. law and and uh, apply it in, to the full extent. So I don't see Biden being uh, less hard on on Putin uh, than Trump. I, I think it's going to be much much worse for the Putin and, and his gang. All right, Slavo. And then in in conclusion. Um, what would you like to see uh, from Biden administration and what do you consider to be an effective way for the United States or the West to influence the events in Russia? The, you know, what, what can West do productively to hopefully have some better outcomes, in your opinion? Well, neither U.S. nor the rest of the international community uh, can and, and, and must or, or um, have the right to try to change the political regime in Russia uh, per se. It's the matter for the Russian people, uh, for Russian citizens to actually do something about it. But um, uh, having said that, um, obviously the sanctions regime is not designed to do that, but it is designed to uh, put a very high price on, for example, uh, shipping the criminal money out of Russia and laundering it and using it in in the international financial system. Um, U.S. and the rest of international community cannot prevent Putin and his gang uh, from stealing cash from the Russian budget, from the Russian people internally in Russia. They cannot do it. But what they can do is uh, to put barriers and to put a very high price tag for laundering it and uh, 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 for uh, for Putin and, and his criminals to, to launder the, the money and ship the money out and buy yachts and villas and diamonds and uh, gold and and, and uh, land and, and and skyscrapers in in other countries using that criminal money that obviously is the is the most uh, clear purpose of these financial sanctions including the magnitsky act um, in terms of um, the other aspect of that um, uh, however, U.S. and the rest of the international community obviously uh, cannot uh, uh, be uh, limited by pointless propaganda from Putin that you cannot um, uh, close your eyes uh, to the human rights violations in Russia. Uh, by a stupid argument that this is a Russia is a Russian internal affairs and please don't interfere um, without in into our, in in our internal affairs here it's just the uh, internal matter it's not because Russia is the um, signatory to major international laws and conventions and agreements including those in the um, area of uh, human rights. And in fact, even the Soviet Union in its later years, since 1970s, uh, with the Helsinki, Hel Helsinki, Helsinki Act uh, on Human Rights 
um, it's, it was no longer an internal matter for the Soviet Union. So Russia is the party to these agreements and conventions. Russia is the member of the United Nations. Russia is the, is the uh, uh, signatory to major human rights uh, agreements and, and, and conventions. And therefore, violation of human rights in Russia, that's, the, that's also a very important matter for the U.S. and, and, and the rest of the uh, civilized world. Um, and so the sanctions could be applied for violation of human rights, especially when we talk about the violation of the most basic human right, a right to life, a right to live, um, uh, which is what uh, Sergei Magnitsky Act is also um, all about. And uh, um, personal sanctions against uh, Putin's bandits um, uh, also um, uh, it's all about that um, in, in this area. Um, and the same goes, the same logic as, as with human rights violations, same logic goes uh, for the research and development of uh, chemical weapons, uh, of its uh, uh, production, of its storage, and of, 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 of uh, their use. Russia... Uh, is the signatory to these agreements. These chemical weapons are banned. Uh, Russia violate, violated that and violated again and again. And Putin is basically uh, standing in line right now together with uh, North Koreans Kim Chen In, with Syrians Bashar Assad, and with the former dictator of Iraq Saddam Hussein in terms of use of these chemical weapons. So I don't even know your, who would be the next leader of any state who could shake Putin's head, hand. It's a good question. And I think that if there's sanctions, then that could be more of like a, a police line. Careful, there's a crime scene here. So uh, somebody might shake his hand. There's lots of... Uh, I think, well, Russia has some client states. I'm sure that, you know, our Armenian leadership will shake his hand gladly. Um, but um, it, is, it is an interesting, interesting situation we find ourselves in. Slava, thank you so much for your time. And it's always a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you for your perspective. And uh, until we meet again, take care. Likewise. Thank you for inviting me.